Trent Cotney and John Kenny are dedicated to helping the construction industry with legal business and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's episode of Law & Mortar. Hey, this is Trent Cotney. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Law & Mortar. As always, I've got the man, the myth, the legend, John Kenny with me. John, how are you doing? Doing great. It's always good to be here. I enjoy doing these so much. I'm glad we're getting another episode out. And this is episode 80. Yep. Getting ticking away, getting closer to that 100. I'd do something for that. So maybe a giveaway. Um, got a lot to talk about today. Uh want to open it up with something that you and I were talking about ahead of time. And that was you read a very interesting survey that I think a lot of people need to know about. Why don't you tell the listeners about that? Yeah, I read this survey uh, from FMI, uh, fin you know, Financial Management Institute. They, they're really, they do consulting type work in management training and stuff, but they're also a branch of them is fantastic for doing industry research. And, you know, they just don't hone in on one particular part of construction. They take and gather uh, all the information and we'll have some information on one of the upcoming episodes they got coming out just on the roofing industry. So that should be interesting. But this was on a whole in the positions so really what it got into uh, driven, and I want to just put a couple of facts uh, to get up there, is the five most difficult positions to fill, right? Mm -hmm. Well, one, of course, is non-management field staff. We all, we all know that. But that's got a 25% survey results. And this had some, I don't know, they surveyed the, like a large portion of the industry. I don't have the exact number, but it's a good percentage. Management of your field staff, which would be like your direct you know, your foreman level crew leader or or even a superintendent for that matter, that's 34% most difficult to fill, right? Respondent. So you can see estimating alone is 25%. So I think that's probably generous because they've got a lot of feedback from the general contractor uh, points on that. And I think their estimating depends a lot on subs, but regardless, we'll give it that. And then C management, operational management above, like your vice presidents and so on, 18% issues getting those filled. And then operations management, which is your project managers, 20%. So what I wanted to bring out is I know we're always focusing on, uh, and which we have to on our industry, is people coming in at that crew level, recruitment level, getting someone up on the roof. But this is really showing us of what we kind of all know but aren't really facing it. It's all throughout our company. So this is expected to almost double in the next five years of being a major problem because of, as we all know, the baby boomers retiring. There's not going to be many baby boomers left in the next five years that are going to, especially when you, as field management, they're probably almost gone now. And in office and level up, they're going to be ready to retire in five to six years. So um, I think it's an issue. And they, we went to the root causes of it. So one of the biggest root causes was not training for these positions. Companies are trying to figure this out. Well, that's something, you know, I've been preaching this for my entire career about how important it is to train your people. Even if they understand how to put a roof down, they could be the best roofer. Doesn't mean they know how to understand how to run that crew, right? Um, so you got to learn that. And then on top of that, once you get into those next levels up, you've got to learn a lot of other things, financial management, you know, people management, all the things that really come along with it. So I think really in order to do this, companies have got to take seriously training programs and you're not going to steal or borrow or beg from other companies with people leaving. They're just not happening. 
Um, from what I gather, speaking to roofers only after looking at this study, just to kind of get a feel, they feel I've got that feedback that it's right and they don't expect it to get any better either. And they're finding less candidates coming through the door that actually fit any of these positions. So I really wanted to bring that up today. That That is a point that I honestly, I haven't heard anyone talk about. And we're, it seems like we're, we've got a singular focus on skilled labor getting up on the roof and actually doing the work, which is very important. Absolutely. For a large part, that's been kind of, you know, we've got sub labor, we've got other ways that that's being addressed. You can't sub out your sea level people, your estimators. You can't do that. You, you've got to, you got to have in-house people that can handle the operational function of the company, you know, not just the production, but the actual operations. So, I think we're missing the mark a little bit there because um, it, that is a position that will always be needed, right? Even if technology or other other things come in to kind of replace our our traditional crews, you still need that operational component. And I think there's a lack of that. And I know there's a, there's attempts to, you know, whether it's in high school or college or elsewhere, go through programs that, that kind of help with that. But um a lot of it requires on the job training you know that it needs to be pushed harder and um i think a lot of that's a very i want i want to see more on that john i really think that's something that that uh i haven't heard anybody really talk about today very interesting uh, and where did you say that survey was again fmi so you can actually download it um right off of their website it's mm -hmm. just out what I'm going to do is I'm going to really, I haven't had a chance to deep dive it. I just actually got this yesterday. Um, I want to deep dive into this and really uh, get some good points and, and we'll have a follow-up on this. It's definitely worth a follow-up. Yeah. Great, great insight there. And I hope our listeners are paying attention because that's, that's something that I don't think anybody's really focused on. Um, you know, I want to touch on briefly, you know, we've got FRSA coming up here just a few short days, the expo second largest in the U S we've got, ton of different things that we're doing. You're speaking several times. I'm speaking a few times. Uh, you know, got other people from, from our firm there that's going to be speaking. Great trade show, all kinds of events, lunches, dinners, you name it. Um, one of the topics that I'm talking on, this is unique. I've never done this presentation before for anyone. It's on reputation management and the legal issues associated with it. And it was very interesting. And, you know, I deal with, with this sort of on a daily basis when contractors call me and say, hey, I got a bad review. How do I get it off? How do I get these people to stop saying bad things about me? All that kind of stuff. And there's a variety of ways to deal with that. Everything from cease and desist letters to lawsuits if needed. But, you know, what's interesting is in preparation for this, really looking into, um, you know, the SOPs and the other things that you can do and how you need to really come up with a strategic plan to actively manage your reputation. And this is something that is is new within the last five or 10 years. You know, the, the presence and the dominance of online reviews on your, your social media um, presence, uh, on the general perception that's out there, it can be manipulated for good or bad, right? And I think a lot of contractors, especially, you know, contractors that may be from the old guard don't understand the value of being able to manage that proactively. If you are lackadaisical and sit back and, and just let things happen, you're not putting your best foot forward. So just like you would sell, just like your salespeople sell jobs, 
you need to sell yourself out there digitally, right? You need, whether it's social media, internet, whatever it is, you need to make sure that you are managing your reputation, responding to negative reviews and putting out a good solid image of someone that prides themselves on customer service. So, you know, John, I know you have to counsel a variety of, of contractors and this is one of those things, you know, it's sort of the intersection of business and law. They, they go hand in hand, right? So I know you probably dealt with this as well. Yeah, I mean, usually what it comes down to, you're, you're always going to find a client that you can never make happy no matter what you do, and you may have to fight that. So we're going to move that over in the corner because you can't, nothing you can do can prevent that. It's like, you know, it happens. But I would say of the negativity that comes towards your own reputation, your company's reputation, really comes from how your staff, your team, interacts with this customer throughout the process, which starts with the sales process, which ends with the closing process administratively. And I can tell you personally, dealing with companies from a personal basis, that's how I will get frustrated. And, it, you know, the, the guy that owns the company could be the greatest person in the world, a guy or gal, right? But the point is, your team's not there. And what that usually, when I find out, when I counsel this, it's why? Because you don't have good processes in place and even if you think you have good processes in place, and maybe you do, there's nobody holding anyone accountable for that. There's that you got to have it. So there's that trust level coming up of truth from the person that's out having contact with your client all the way up to the person that can actually handle an issue within your company. Mm -hmm. And also, I recommend setting guides of who, when a problem needs to be uploaded, right? When it needs to go to the next level. If people understand that and know they're not going to get in trouble for moving it to the next you know, piece of the checkerboard up there, you're going to be a lot better off. And the best way to prevent that, what you're talking about the legal side, is to prevent it on the business end before it even starts. Right, right. So, John, we talked about a lot today. We're at the end. So now it's it's your favorite time. Um, and I've got one picked out that I knew we were going to talk about today anyway. So this one is from Jose. And Jose's question is, is do you think um, he wants to know if if we believe it is a good thing to hire third parties to um, assist in the review process, obtaining reviews and things like that. And I guess I have a couple of comments there. One is recognize that, you know, there, there are plenty of places out there where you can buy reviews. Don't do that uh, because there are a variety of, um, you know, opinions and other things out there. Federal Trade Commission has commented on it. Uh, if you get found out, then it could potentially be a problem, right? So always look for legitimate reviews. Now, there are a ton of great third-party companies out there that will help you solicit those reviews from actual customers, right? That will work with you on that process. I think they're perfectly acceptable, you know, and they can do it in a way where it makes sense. Uh, they can integrate with your team and your customer service team and make sure that you are actively trying to get reviews, right? And not all of them are going to be great, right? But at the end of the day, um, the goal is is to make sure that you've got a viable online presence. So I think they are useful from that standpoint. What's your your take on it, John? Yeah, I, I agree with you on, on the way you laid it out, uh, soliciting reviews, we call them fake reviews. They're they're not well. Um, not only that, they're going to mess up your Google ratings and everything else. So they they pick up on that almost immediately. Um, yes, as far as management, there are good firms out there that manage gathering your reviews from your legitimate clients 
and managing that process to make sure they go up. Um, and if you don't, you're not set up in house to do that yourself, then then you may have a good option to go out outside and do that. So I agree wholeheartedly on that. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's it. You know, I think the name of the game is, is staying ahead of the curve and make sure you're, you're doing whatever you can to, you know, put your best foot forward and have your customers see it. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening to us today. Uh, make sure if you, if you like us, listen to some of our old episodes. There's only, like John said, we're on, this is number 80. Um, stay tuned. If not next week, the week after for another episode of Law and Mortar. I know I have some good topics, especially after going to the FRSA Expo. If you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at trent.cotney at arlaw.com. John, how can I get you? Uh, Jay Kenny at cottonyconsulting.com. Fantastic. We'll see you guys soon. Take care.